Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Well, I started to talk um, a few weeks ago uh, about living heart and soul. And, and Jesus, it might come up on the screen behind you, Jesus made uh, this statement in, um, it says, what is written in the law? He replied, they were asking him questions as they did, but not looking for sincere answers always. How do you read it? Talking about what the most important commandment is. He's, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And then it goes on and, and pretty well says, you know, um, everything flows out of this. If you fulfill these two things, you'll, you'll instinctively, you'll, um, you'll, you'll organically, you'll just fulfill the rest. The rest will sort of, there'll be a flow on effect by living out of love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you do that, you'll have no problem thinking Old Testament, which was a crowd he was gathered with thinking Old Testament religious. He said, if you'll do these two things, you'll have no problem fulfilling, you know, the spirit, even the letter, but certainly the spirit of the law. And so as we come today, I love this. What I love about it, I love that Jesus simplifies it, simplifies it. That probably clarifies and qualifies the next statement. He, he simplifies it for simple people like me. And he's like, hey, you know, there's all of this stuff and there's this Bible and it's gigantic. And, and especially when you first start, it's got some, man, it's got some confusing things to say. And, and if you ever think you've got it worked out, you, who knows, you're still confused because if you think you've got it worked out, you are in a state of confusion. Um, and we're always working it out until the day we die. If we read it and follow his teachings, we'll be working it out. And he says, but no, no, let me simplify it for you. If you'll love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, if you'll do that, I mean, the, the rest will, and, and love your neighbor as yourself, the rest will start to flow. And I like this idea of living heart and soul. I mean, you live, most of us live heart and soul for something or someone anyway. It's just a matter of whether it's been directed in the right direction or it's been misdirected into something else. I think there's some people around the world who are such fanatics about a sporting team. And I love sport, but when you think about it, most of the games I follow, they play on a field of grass with some lines drawn on it. And they get a bunch of guys to dress in different colours Often they name their teams after an animal and then they pump up a piece of leather and then they fight over it. Like when you, some of you already know how stupid it is. But for the rest of us. But there are people so heart and soul into that. And I, and I think part of the reason is we're wired to live heart and soul. People are heart and soul about their animals. We are having a conversation yesterday with um, some guys from our church and man, they, they got like seven animals. We've got one, and if I could have none, I would. But they are heart and soul. They just love their animals. If I sit with you long enough, it's probable that we'll find out what you are heart and soul about because we are hardwired to be heart and soul beings. We're hardwired to be heart and soul kind of people. And sometimes we lose that, but it's there within us, and we want to live out of that heart and soul. And so Jesus says, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And I think that not only are we wired for it, I think, and not only has Jesus made it so simple, he, he, he does two things simultaneously. He makes it 
Um, he strips it all back so that it's so simple. But the other thing he does is he ups the stakes. He raises the stakes in that statement, doesn't he? Because I can't sort of dot some I's and cross some T's because that was never what it was about. He, he simplifies it. He strips it back on one side. And at the same time, he ups the ante. He, he raises the stakes around living for Jesus. He, he, he doesn't really leave half-hearted as an option. It's heart and soul. It's mind and strength. And I think it's a wonderful thing. You and I are wired to live heart and soul. Actually, heart and soul's true north is God. Like anything else is to miss the mark, to have missed the point, to somehow have taken a detour. Not that we're not heart and soul, not into other things, but heart and soul for God. That's how we were. We're wired for heart and soul, and it's true north is Jesus. No matter who I am, and no matter what my story's been to now, we're wired to live like it. Anything else is something less, I've written here. Heart and, heart and soul is our edge in life. I mean, think about it again. When you think about people you know that over the years have been heart and soul into anything, aren't they? They're, they're different to you. You know, if you're into rugby, and I like rugby, but I didn't watch the game last night. I knew what the result was going to be. And um, I checked it this morning on my phone, confirmed my fears. I'm not heart and soul into it, but a heart and soul person's into it even before they know the outcome. And so heart and soul, but if you think about it, as it relates to cause, as it relates to people building businesses, as it relates to family, as it relates to pretty well anything, certainly our faith, when people are heart and soul into something, they're different from everybody else. If you're an employer and you have a heart and soul employee, you know you can have two people with the same skill set who turn up, do exactly the same job, but that person who carries a spirit that is heart and soul into it, there is something about them, isn't there? There's something different about them. You watch this band this morning and... You know, so they get up here and you watch Soph or you watch Maddie or you watch Bill and they are heart and soul into it. Think about some of the other guys on our band. They're not heart and soul into it. <laughs> Actually, the band's good because none of the people I would pick on are in the band. The band's good. But you know what I mean? You can sense it. I looked up, I'm worshipping Jesus and I saw at one moment I saw Maddie over here and he just, he's just bringing energy. He's standing back here and all he did was he stepped forward and he launched worshipping Jesus. And I responded in my spirit to that. Why? What was different? The words were the same. But the spirit behind it, the soul in it, something about it, heart and soul is our edge in life. I think God wants us to have heart and soul because that's how we worship him. But I think God's widest for heart and soul because it's also our edge in life. And where this message comes from, where this idea comes from, is that when I was away on leave trying to relax, just whatever, I thought I never want to be the person that becomes a shell of their former self. And especially as it relates to a follower of Jesus. I never want to be a shell of my former self. I, I never want to be, never want to lead a church, you know, which is why we're doing this little series when I'm on. I never want to be in a church. I never want to lead a church as much as it depends on me that is a shell of its former self. To me, that's just awful. But I want us to be heart and soul in my life. I want us to be heart and soul as a people. I want to do everything I can that's within my power to give, put seed into your life that God might work us over, that we would be heart and soul kind of people in our life, in our family, in our faith, the way we go about our business, all kinds of things, heart and soul people. I never want to be a shell of my former self. I never want to be someone who's doing the work but going through the motions, who's got the words but not the spirit. Never want to be found there. How about you? That to me seems like a pointless venture. 
It's a waste of a beautiful life. And so this morning, I want to look at this idea of heart and soul. How we get it, how we keep it, how we get it back when we've lost it. How we get it, how we keep it, and how we get it back when we've lost it. I started this last time. I might need a helper. I won't do anyone that will feel embarrassed. Daniel, if you can come here, please. Look at his beard. His is an impressive beard. My beard is only on because I have a daily negotiation with my daughter. I personally dislike beards and dislike mine immensely. But my daughter has begged me to do it. So every day we negotiate tomorrow until next weekend. We'll see how we go. So here's what I want you to do. Heart and soul is like this. This is what we call a container. And I put all our MCs under a pressure now. If they ever call it a bucket, you know they use the wrong word. It's called a container. But when I pour into this, it leaks out. And hopefully it leaks out on Daniel. When I pour in, it won't hold it forever. It might hold it for a little while. That was a brilliant demonstration, wasn't it? <laughs> if you take that, they get the idea. Thanks, mate. I don't know what you want to do with it. But <laughs> heart and soul is like that. Heart and soul. You, you, can, you can be in a place where something goes on around anything and, and start out heart and soul and end up, I don't know. When I was a kid, all I wanted to do was wake up and go play footy every day. But if Lockie wants to play footy with me, he needs to give me time to work myself up to that game now. I was heart and soul then, but something leaked out and I'm not heart and soul now. No one's born with heart and soul. It's not a gift. No one gets it. You don't have a bigger portion than me and I don't get a bigger portion than you. Heart and soul is something that we have to continue to pour into our spirit and into our lives. Heart and soul comes in, but it leaks out. We know it's true, don't we? Because we start a job one way and we end a job another way. Some people start a marriage one way and end a marriage another way. But heart and soul is something that you just need to keep pouring in. It's a, something we need to keep working on. And when we do, it gives us our edge in life. And so we're going to go to this passage of Scripture, John, uh, John, Joshua chapter 1. Last week we looked at Josiah. This week we're looking, last time, this week we're looking at Joshua. After the death of, death of Moses, a servant of God, God spoke to Joshua. Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Sounds all very brutal, but they've mourned. They've done everything. Get going. Cross this Jordan River, you and all the people. Cross to the country I'm giving to the people of Israel. I'm giving you every square inch of the land where you set your foot on, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon east to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the Hittite country, and then west to the great sea. It's all yours. All your life, no one will be able to hold out against you. Think about what he's saying to a generation that for 400 years previous had been the sons and daughters of slaves who had wandered one generation in a wilderness who had this promise and seen it not come to pass. He's saying, hey, here's what's going to happen. All your life, no one's going to be able to stand against you. In the same way as with Moses, I'll be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. It's going to take strength and courage. You're going to lead these people to inherit the land that I promised to give their ancestors. And here's where we're going to stop. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you. Every bit of it. Don't get off track either left or right. Everything there. I want to, he says, hey, here's the promise. Here's the future. I'm going to be with you. You give it heart and soul, everything. Everything you've got, give it heart and soul. Heart and soul was Joshua's edge in life. And heart and soul is our edge in life. 
when, when God gives him this promise, the only way it's going to happen, the only way it's going to come to pass is if Joshua lives it out, heart and soul. That's my first thought. It's a heart and soul is our call, is how I wrote it down. Heart and soul is our call. It's on me. It's on you. I mean, the promise comes from God, right? Even the anointing to lead it comes from God. But the heart and soul, it's on Joshua. We can get a promise from God. We get an anointing from God, a gifting from God. We can get a sense of cause in our heart from God. But the heart and soul, that's on us. And so he says, hey, Joshua, I'm going to bring this to pass. I want to be with you. This is going to be glorious. But give it everything. Give it heart and soul. And I reckon as we come to our life, this is on us. And we want to be those kinds of people, don't we? I want to live heart and soul before Jesus. I want to live in every way my life given to him. And so that's the first thought. The second thought is a thought I raised, but I need a drink. The second thought is a thought I raised last time. And, but I only spent three minutes on it. I checked it on the podcast. And it was too important to leave with three minutes. The second thought here is just to raise the stakes. If I'm going to live heart and soul, if I'm going to be heart and soul inspired, if I'm going to stir heart and soul in my life, just to raise the stakes. We started to read that verse um, on the screen there, that final verse we just had. Uh, I'll read it from, um, oh, there it is. So make sure, he already talks about the revelation of God. And don't for a minute let this book of the revelation be out of mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night. Make sure you practice everything written within it. Then you'll, then you'll get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you strength and courage? Don't be timid. Don't be discouraged. God, your God is with you every step you take. Second thought here is the same thought that we had where we ended in Josiah. In, in the book of Josiah, when we read the story of Josiah, Josiah sort of makes him get stirred in his heart, starts to seek God, keeps apathy out, keeps indifference out. Um, so he's praying. He starts to get rid of some things going on in the nation. And then he starts to dwell on and dig into the word of God. And if I'm going to live heart and soul, what we see here is, hey, Joshua, live heart and soul. Live closely to the word of God. Live in light of the revelation of God's word. And I think if I'm going to live a heart and soul life, not only do I want to bring a, I want to bring a heart and soul approach to God's word, and that will stir a heart and soul response in me. It, it, it's, it's, I think it's impossible to come to the word of God with a heart and soul approach and find myself indifferent towards it. It's going to stir something in me. It's going to work something over. And so heart and soul, as it relates to God's word, he says, hey, just do everything that it says. And last time I gave a challenge, someone was texting me that they'd started doing it. I said, hey, why don't you just take 30 days, pick the most positive book in the Bible, I think is Ephesians. And just for 30 days, every time you see something that your life isn't aligned with, just adopt it. Let's be heart and soul. I went and read the book of Ephesians myself again. And it was quite confronting. It's confronting for me. I'm like, no, God, I want to be a heart and soul follower of Jesus. And if you're brand new to faith or if you're young in your faith, just going, that's how I'm going to approach the Word of God. I'm going to live heart and soul for Jesus. That's it. That's how I'm going. But if I've been around a while, one of the things that happens, we get comfortable with our level. We, we don't hear it like we used to because we know it, don't we? I do too. We know it. You don't always hear it. It almost takes something pushed into a corner to, for me to hear the change sometimes that I need to make. 
Like, think about it, even something as simple, if you've been around for a, quite a while, even as something as simple, if I open Hebrews chapter 10 and read verses 24 and 25 about the gathering of God's people together, and you don't regularly gather with God's people together, and there's no shift in my heart when I read those words, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, hey, let's be heart and soul people. When it comes to the Word of God, let's be like Joshua, let's be like Josiah after him, let's be like Jesus when he walked the earth. I'm going to commit to this heart and soul. Your way is my way. Your word is my word. Your word is like a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We want to be those kinds of people. And that's what it's sort of unfolding here. Hey, make a high stakes move around God's word. Why don't you take a book, any old book, maybe not Leviticus, good as it is, and give it 30 days to work us over. Take a book. Ephesians, Philippians, maybe a really positive book. Let it work it over. For those of us who it's new to, raise the stakes. For those with, to us who it's very familiar, let's renew the commitment. When I see something, I'm going to be moved by it. Um, in Jesus' name. The next thought here is Joshua is standing on the, uh, when he's standing on the edge of the river, Jordan River. And as he stands with the water at his back, you know, it was really a line in the sand. Been the era under Moses, incredible era under Moses. And now it was almost a new day, or it was a new day. And my third thought here is, let's live more, if I'm going to live heart and soul, live more committed to the future than the past. More committed to the future than the past. The, The problem with living, wanting the past, the problem with living in the past, the problem with living longing for the past, the problem with that is that it has no future. I mean, learn from the past, of course. Thank God we learn from the past. Be inspired by the past. I watched an incredible true story last night um, of a Christian chaplain. An incredible story. I want to be inspired by the past, but I don't want to live for it. I don't want to long for it. If God was doing then, if he was doing that now, it would already be happening. He's not. No matter how great the day was that I can call to mind, God's not doing that now. God's doing something different in this day. It might not be what I would do, but it is what he would do. I reckon that's a good plan, good place to start. What he did in Moses' day was different to what he did in Joshua's day. It was different to what he did in the judges' day. When Joshua stood across on the other side of the Jordan, he never parted the Red Sea again. When Joshua took on his first battle, the Battle of Jericho, that was a one-time offering. People walk around cities for walls to fall down. God did it one time that I'm aware of. Now he has the same spirit. He works the same miraculous way. He's building his church. He's advancing his kingdom, but it looks different. And so let's be more committed to the future than the past. You know, that helps me to move forward heart and soul. If I've got a lingering in the past um, for wanting that back again, friends, it's not coming anytime soon. Let's live heart and soul. And Joshua was able to live heart and soul, but not longing for yesterday, but living for God's tomorrow. Live more committed to the future than our past. Um, uh, the next thought here is pretty simple. You'll be glad to know because someone printed my notes and they're double-sided. I missed a whole page. So that's good for you. You know, Joshua had a friend with him named Caleb. Uh, Numbers 14 is going to come up on the screen, verse 20. Again, he was a heart and soul kind of guy. I want you to... Um, see this, God said, uh, is this it? 
God said, I forgive them, honouring your words. But as I live and as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not a single person of those who saw my glory saw the miracle signs I did in Egypt and the wilderness and who have tested me over and over and over again, turning a deaf ear to me. Not one of them will set eyes on the land I so solemnly promised to their ancestors. No one has treated me with such repeated contempt that has done that. We'll see it. But my servant Caleb, bless, I love this. This is who we want to be. This is a different story. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately. He follows me heart and soul would be another rendering. I'll bring him into the land that he scouted and his children will inherit it. Joshua and Caleb inherited the promise of God. And it says, Caleb, he's a different story. He was a different story and his would be a different story. And for you and I, ours, I don't know what that story has been, but this story moving forward, it can be very, very different. I'm absolutely convinced of that. I've seen it. And I'm convinced that whatever our story to this moment, whatever is lost, whatever is gone, it's not too late. Joshua saw a generation die out who wouldn't make the change. And he lived in a generation who lived for God, heart and soul. You and I can be part of that generation. You and I can be part of that future. I'm determined that I will be. If it's, if it's not with Dan, it'll be after Dan. He'll be dead. I'll be here. Young guys will be coming through and we'll just keep going forward. That's what's going to happen if Dan doesn't live heart and soul. Or maybe God will strike me dead for that. Heart and soul people. He was, his was a different story. Why was it a different sport story? Because he's a different spirit. We live heart and soul for Jesus. We can live any old way we want in some respects. But I tell you, the best way to live, heart and soul for Jesus. Everything invested. Living our lives for God. He wired us for it. He calls us to it. It's our edge in life. Next thought here is heart and soul people disrupt their comfort zone. When you go down to verses 14 to 16, um, there's a group of people that are part of God's people who their promised land was on, 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 the, um, on the other side of the Jordan. And they inherit this land and they want to settle down. And Joshua goes to them and says, no, guys, you're not settling down yet. You're coming with us. And then when we've conquered everything for everyone, you can go back and live in your comfort. But until then, we're heart and soul together. And so heart and soul people disrupt their comfort zone. Uh, In some ways, I've got to get discontent with settling here and the way it is. It's massive in our land, our nation, because our lives are largely comfortable I've got to live dissatisfied with the comfortable I've got to live beyond my comfort zone if I'm going to live heart and soul I've got to live beyond my comfort zone I've just disrupted my own comfort zone and the rhythm of my life and the rhythm of my week and you know it was it was running beautifully Uh, set my own course I managed my own time but you know there's heart and soul something in my spirit and suddenly in the last two weeks I found myself with less time than I need again but I've just got to keep disrupting my spirit I've just got to keep moving forward living for Jesus heart and soul and um, comfort's good I love comfort I dislike comfort immensely but in terms of my spirit in terms of my spiritual walk I want to just keep moving forward I'm going to live beyond my comfort zone I'm going to live beyond me and mine and all that kind of thing heart and soul for Jesus um And then the final thought here today is simply this. Heart and soul needs a cause. Heart and soul absolutely needs a cause. 
You and I are wired to live for cause. We are. We are. And, 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 and we can settle for something that God never intended or we can, we can reach out for that which God calls us to. And, and that's the best place to live. We want to live heart and soul for Him. And for most of us, it doesn't mean changing where we're at. For most of us, it just means taking hold of what we've got, where we're at, with a paradigm that takes in the cause of Christ, the cause of Jesus. Jesus made his cause really simple. He said it like this, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all things. That's his cause. That's his commission, as they call it, um, for you and for I, for every believer on the face of the planet. That's what he's called us to. That's what he asks us to live heart and soul invested in. And then that cause finds its own expression. That's what he's got for us. Joshua is full of a cause that advanced God's cause on the earth. And in his time, it looked a certain way. In Moses' time, it looked a certain way. In the time of the judges that followed him, it would look another way. But it was the same cause as they moved towards the coming of Jesus. And in our time, it's the same cause, if I'm a follower of Jesus, to just go or as I'm going, um, make known the message of Jesus, make disciples as we go. And so that's what he's called us to. And he asks us to live heart and soul um, around that thing. So that given, here's a couple of thoughts. How am I going to live that out? Because it might look easy for me, right? Because of course I can live it out because of what I do. But how do you, how do you live it out? How does that work in your world? Well, number one thought is what's in your heart? What's already in your heart? What are you passionate about? What are you broken by? What are you fired up about? What is that for you? What is that in your life? Because that's what God, I think that's mostly, I think that's God placed. If, it, if it's godly, if it's you know, serve Jesus, I think it's God's place. You know, when some of these God leads worship, some of them doing because absolutely they feel that that's a part of the call of God on their life. That's what's in their heart. Their heart is maybe, um, maybe not burdened for it, but fired up about it. That's what's in their heart. What is it for you? What's it look like? And what's in your heart? Um, I've written here, what breaks your heart? What do you love? What's your dream? What are you passionate about? Um, I, I have a friend and um, <clears throat> he felt compelled to become a doctor as a young man. Wanted to be a farmer. Felt compelled to become a doctor. Good, business, good change of career. One could end up broke and the other one should do all right. Well, you know, last year... Um, Bron, my wife, got, we found a spot, well, she found a spot, I didn't find anything. She found a spot on her arm. And we were going to deal with it a few months down the track when we had some time. And then I was in his surgery. I was literally walking out the door. And I remembered, Bron said, if you remember, ask him. And as I'm at the door, I turned around and I said, oh, uh, Albert's his name. I said, Albert, could I get Bron in here just to look at a little spot we don't think is anything? And he went, yeah, yeah, send her in tomorrow. He feels called to be a doctor. My wife goes in the next day. Over the next few weeks, the verdict that came back was we had to cancel an overseas trip to speak for churches, for a guy in our church. We had to do all sorts of things to change our whole diary, remove everything, and Bron had to go get a surgery to see whether she would live or die. And the reality is, if we'd have not gotten into him at that particular time, and if we'd actually done, because we were about to go on holidays, if we'd actually done what we were planning to do, my wife's probably not here. 
But here's a man who felt the call of God, a way to serve Jesus' cause with something that got on the inside of his heart. And I don't know who else is affected, but it's certainly been transformational for my family and our faith and her life. She's off speaking at church today out west in Narrabri. Like it's And some of you, you know, the, the, this cause in your heart, the, the, what's in your heart, what's stirring there? And then obviously, you know all this, what's in your hand? What's there right now? What can you do about that? Because sometimes what's in my heart is way out there. Often for me, what's in my heart, you know, we're talking now about seeding the renewal of the next generation. Who knows that's a big idea and a big claim. What do you do with that? So we strip it back and we start a kids club in Tamworth. Three weeks ago, we started, a, four weeks ago, we started a kids club in Gunnada. And our plan is every church we start, we'll have one. You know, in Gunnada, I think they've already got about 15 kids. Someone made a $4,000 donation to it to get it moving. All right, it's a start, it's a seed, it's just a seed. But if I wait to, until there's a grand plan and there's endless cash to do it, it won't happen. No, we start with people like Phil who says, I can do that. I can serve the kids. I'll pay the bills. That's where it starts, just to see what's in my heart, what's in my hand, what's in your heart and what's in your hand. Let's make a start on that. Let's do something with it. And um, I know this woman, she had this plan to um, sponsor 10 kids through compassion. And she's on an everyday wage. You know, she did, she started with one. That was eight years ago. And now she's got 10. Everyday wage. If you do the numbers today, you probably can't sponsor 10 kids. There won't be, for most people, there won't be enough margin in their salary. But if we start with what's in our hand, start with one, I think every person in this place could, most of us anyway, could have 10 kids in eight years. What's in my heart? What's in my hand? And then I've just written here, let's then take that and just continue to do something with it. Heart and soul needs a cause. What's in my hand? I think about Mia as I wrap this. Think about Mia Dorma. She loves triathlon. Should be noted that she was in an Ironman event a couple of years ago <coughs> and I overtook her on a hill. It's a true story. Actually, I was walking. What happened was Mia was doing the whole Ironman and I was doing a 20k run that was it and I was in the first half of that 20k run and I was walking up a hill and Mia who's doing the whole event I saw her and I thought if I sprint I can just get past her and for the rest of my life I will be able to say that I passed the former Australian champion in her age group in an Ironman event so I used all my energy I got past her I literally took one step in front of her I didn't tell her I got one step in front of her and then after that she disappeared down the road as far as the eye could see. But the reason we're all there is because years ago Mia took something that she loves and just decided that she was going to use it for Jesus. Instead of this just being about something I love, let's make it about the cause of Jesus. And she started to run Ironmans, not for her anymore, but for others. Then I think the first year there were about 14 people. Last few years ago, I'm not sure which year, we were one in seven, one in seven people in the event, 700 competitors, and we were one in seven, weren't we, Ironman event. Every time you went past someone, here comes another one of the people that have joined this cause. A quarter of a million dollars later, from a person who lives in Tamworth, goes for the South Sydney Rabbits, and you know, who knows what else got going against her. Quarter of a million dollars. 
100 people in an event because she took what was in her hand, she started to take steps, and then God breathes into that. Whether it's got scale or whether it's small is really irrelevant. What matters is that you and I, we are wired to live heart and soul. It's true north is Jesus. And God wants to place, if He hasn't already, something in your heart. There's probably something already in your heart that just needs a paradigm shift to serve Jesus. It's probably already there. And as we take that and as we act upon that heart and soul, I think we'll all be amazed at what God might do in our life and in our days in Jesus' name. Amen? Heart and soul is our edge in life. Why don't you stand with me? Let me pray and then we're going to sing one last time. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. You are a heart and soul God. You you invested everything to come after us. You still are. You always will. And today we just come, we just want to live heart and soul for you, even if I can't feel it, even if it it doesn't seem like my natural inclination. God, we, we pray a fresh stirring, a fresh moving, a fresh working in people's lives for the first time or the first time in a long time. God, we just come with open hearts and say, we want to live heart and soul for you. That's what Jesus calls us to. We understand it's what we're wired for. God, we get that our true north is heart and soul living for Jesus. So right now, I pray that you'd even put dreams in people's hearts, even put stirrings into people's hearts, God. Burdens that would break them, dreams that would inspire them, Father. All kinds of things that come from you, the inspiration of our God as we live for Jesus, heart and soul. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.